You're listening to the Bitcoin and Marcus podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show after a little hiatus here. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets, episode 41. Today, we have tons of stuff. Uh, we talk about Ant Bleed. We talk about the ASIC boost again. We talk about uh, BIP 149, which is a new a new uh, attempt at SegWit. We also have, uh, what else? Lots of market stuff going on. Um, j- jam-packed show. I try not to go too long. And let's get into it. All right, market update. Price right now on Bitstamp is um, $14.73. I use Bitstamp because there's no margin on Bitstamp, so it's a little bit, it's kind of seen as being more reliable price. There's a lot of stuff going on with Bitfinex. Um, They are sitting at $15.64. So almost $100 above Bitstamp. Coinbase is trying to, was trying to catch um, Bitfinex for a while, but now that spread between Coinbase and Bitfinex is, is gone back up. Now Stamp and Coinbase are about the same at 1470, give or take. Uh, Japanese yen has been leading this very recent push higher. If you, if you look at the charts, a lot of people are saying that, you know, Bitfinex is kind of, um, leading this rally which i think is true to to an extent i think the worries about bitfinex are overblown um, a lot of these exchanges are experiencing the same thing you have uh, okcoin OK having trouble with us dollars btce having trouble with us dollars so this isn't like a bitfinex is insolvent situation you can still withdraw with swiss francs or hong Uh, Hong Kong dollars, from what I understand, or any crypto. You can withdraw your Bitcoin. You can withdraw your Ethereum or your Litecoin. It doesn't matter um, with no delays. So it's not a fact that they are insolvent. It's just a U.S. dollar problem. There is an interesting twist to this being Tether. Tether is a U.S. dollar pegged currency that supposedly, you know, the exchanges or people can send around and it... uh, just helps with their moving of money, uh, at least the dollar equivalent. It's an interesting thing. Poloniex is pretty heavy into it if you look at their pairs. So that might be the overriding story here. Um, I think the more the more interesting thing, not Bitfinex being insolvent, which I don't believe, is that Poloniex and these this altcoin bubble might be spurred by this problem with Tether. I have no proof of that. That's just a gut feeling because I know that this altcoin bubble has run very long and there's tons of noobs out there that are here to, to fix Bitcoin, fix crypto with all their new ideas. And so we probably are, they're going to get trapped. I, I saw on Twitter the other day, some guy was like, um, yeah, I've diversified out of Bitcoin and it's helped me, et cetera, et cetera. And my response to that was, yes, you've benefited from going to altcoins right now but i mean bitcoin's still going up why diversify out of bitcoin the reason why you've benefited from um being in altcoins right now is because you've increased your risk 
You know, there is no free lunch here. Um, and if you, if you increase your risk exposure, you increase the possibility of big gains, but you also increase the possibility of massive losses. Um, yeah, it's very, they're risky. So yeah, they shoot up and they shoot down. Anyways, okay, what else for the market update? We have local Bitcoin's volume over the last seven days was very damn near record high at $31.6 million worth of Bitcoin transacted on local Bitcoins. I haven't looked at like PAX full volume, but you know, you have uh, right in this same uh, category with local Bitcoins, you have PAX full and uh, BitSquare. Uh, so those two, their volume, BitSquare volume is negligible, but growing. And, you know, it's, I don't know if it's exponential or, or what, but BitSquare volume could take off. Also, BitSquare is a good, I saw somebody recommend this. It's a good decentralized solution to uh, Shapeshift. Not, not only is Shapeshift going to have trouble with atomic swaps, you know, where you can swap receipts on Lightning for other currencies, it's going to make shapeshift obsolete, but they're going to have problems with open source stuff like, or yeah, open source stuff like BitSquare, decentralized, they're doing the same thing. Um, and it's, I mean, I guess shapeshift is private, but, but BitSquare is a decentralized solution. That's the local Bitcoins volume. Blockchain volume over the last 24 hours was $422 million worth of Bitcoin. The other day I saw it at $500 million in 24 hour period. That, it, that was an all-time high at that time. Um, imagine that. Half a billion dollars a day transacted on Bitcoin. I can't wait till it's a billion or five billion dollars every day transacted on, on the Bitcoin network. Uh, average transaction size, you know, is probably around $1,200. Uh, so don't bite off on all these microtransaction things. That's what Lightning is for, Okay. The micro uh, lightning and, and I'll talk about another implementation that I another protocol that I learned about this week, but um, very similar to lightning. That's for those things are for micro payments. The Bitcoin blockchain is going to be, you know, the average uh, average transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain is probably going to be like a hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. And yeah, that could come in about two years time. I don't know, but I would like to see that average go up. Next is going to be difficulty. Uh, we had a couple small difficulty adjustments here. Um, well, just one. The last one was 0.2% increase of the difficulty. Uh, this one is, we've had a little spike here over the last couple days. And it looks to be another 4% increase. And what is interesting about this is I looked at the charts of Bitcoin Unlimited's blocks. And they have been going down during this recent spike in difficulty. So that is, to me, that's saying that there's some non-Bitcoin Unlimited hash rate. And hopefully that's non-Bitmain hash rate. Um, but, you know, who, who knows? I just think it's a good sign. Next is talking about SegWit and talking about uh, Bitcoin Unlimited. So SegWit is... Over the last 144 blocks, 36%. I saw um, it as high as 40%. There's new website guys to check out for this. If you're going to this, you know, maybe a, once a day or something, instead of going to Coindance, um, go to xbt.eu. What's cool to me over the last uh, 2,000 blocks, 2,016 blocks, 
is that SegWit is ahead of Bitcoin Unlimited now, which is a huge deal to me. Um, I mean, I guess it's not really that big because it's not like SegWit's at 80% or anything like that. It's still sitting about 35%. But <laughs> I think it's funny because all these people will tell you SegWit can never happen. What do you want? Bitcoin Unlimited or this other thing? And you're like, Bitcoin Unlimited is less popular than, Seg than SegWit at this time. Look at the blocks. But you can point out, you can see these people uh, trying to change the narrative, trying to control the narrative. Um, and I love seeing SegWit above BU because it points out all of these people who have been saying for months that BU is possible where SegWit is not. Okay, so that is my market update. to what's new in the zoo here we have bitcore sorry bitcoin core 0.14.1 released we are always moving forward people we're going forward next is going to be 14.2 probably and then 0.15 they they have if you go to the bitcoin github you can see uh let me go there right now you can go to their milestones okay and you can look at, so 0.14.2 is 100% complete. So we might be seeing that very, very shortly. Um, 0.15.0 or 0.15 is about 35% complete. There are is 26 open issues, 14 closed issues. It's looking really good, people. So we just keep moving forward. We're going to learn a lot of lessons from SegWit on Litecoin, and those are going to be quickly moved over to the next version of Bitcoin Core. They won't be quickly moved over to any other implementation. That's an important point here. There's going to be lots of lessons learned from all of these other currencies, from Ethereum, from Litecoin, from, well, nothing's going to be learned from Dash because it's silly, but uh, um, there's going to be a lot of things learned from these other altcoins and it's going to be incorporated into core it's not going to be incorporated into bitcoin unlimited that's a joke it's not going to be incorporated into classic or this new n chain which i'll touch on it's going to be incorporated into core first core is the reference implementation core is where all of the new development happens so that's that's just a point i want to bring up Okay, what else do we have? Gnosis. Oh my goodness. This is old news now to a lot of people because I've been a little bit behind here on the podcast. But So Gnosis is a prediction market just like Augur. And I talked about Augur on my Bitcoin tokens or my Ethereum token top 10 uh, where I kind of ripped apart the tokens. A lot of people thought that I was like all of a sudden switching and I thought they, was, they were good investments. No, I mean, I like some of the ideas, okay? But that doesn't mean that I think that the ideas are viable and like they belong on a blockchain or something, uh, which is very cool to me because 
these ideas are out in the open. From an anarchist perspective, when you look at some of these Ethereum projects, it's cool to think about, look, there's other people out there that believe that the things I do, they want things decentralized. They want um, to get the power out of the state's hands, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's encouraging. And it's even more encouraging that they're, they're developing this thing. And shortly they will find out that this isn't the way to go. So then they'll do, you know, probably a centralized service or they'll do, um, or some sort of different thing that they don't need uh, blockchain for. But uh, it's good that this this development is happening. Okay? And people are talking about this. Anyway, so Gnosis, in like 10 minutes, they raised $12 million or something like that for their tokens, giving them a market, uh, effective market cap of $300 million. And remember, Augur was around $100 million when I did my uh, top 10 Ethereum tokens. And it's the same thing. It's a prediction market. Gnosis is how many years behind Augur? I haven't really looked into Gnosis at all, but uh, they are years behind Augur. And Augur is is still years from anything being released. So Gnosis is like their freaking roadmap has to be at least five years long. And when I saw this, I made fun of it on Twitter. I said, fuck it, I'm starting my own coin. And it's gonna have. It's not gonna have a white paper. It's not gonna have a roadmap yet. After the crowd sell, it will. The, all those things will come. You can buy a chance of getting rich and make me rich in the process. And anyway, so I'm gonna call it Bitcoin. We're gonna be launching Bitcoin. I'm in talks with some other people out there in the space, some other content producers that um, might want to get in on Bitcoin. This is the future, people. Bitcoin is going to make Bitcoin look silly. It's going to make Ethereum look silly. We're adding all these features. We're going to have master nodes. We're going to have a centralized governance model. We're going to have uh, all sorts of smart contracts, everything on there. Okay. It's going to be, it's going to blow you away. Now, I'm not saying that these tokens will ever have value, but you can buy them right now and wish and hope that they have value in the future. That they'll be used for something. And maybe you can trade them. This is a very important development as well because we are using proof of Poloniex. Instead of proof of work, we're just going to use proof of Poloniex where you can buy, you know, if it's on Poloniex, then it's it's has value. <laughs> anyway, so that's my Bitcoin idea. What else? Um, yeah. Gnosis, it's silly, guys. This this ICO thing is getting out, out of hand. Like zero of any like substance, zero substance, zero substance, and it's worth three hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's just crazy. Okay, um, next one is Ant Bleed. You guys have probably heard about this, uh, probably are up on this, but uh, I've been away for a little while, so I wanted to talk about it. Ant Bleed is a backdoor into the hardware of Bitmain uh, and ant miners. That's why it's called ant bleed. It's a play on heart bleed, I guess. And, and, uh, ant miner. But anyway, they, they, this was known for a long time. Apparently there was an issue that was brought up on GitHub back in September of last year. Uh, people knew about this, but there was no big upra- uh, uproar about it. Uh, I don't know why, 
But, you know, these things have timing. And when this comes out, it comes out. I, I'm not mad. I think there is maybe some conspiracy there behind the timing of all these releases like ASIC Boost and Ant Bleed. There could be some conspiracy there, but it doesn't matter because it's true and it's an issue and people need to talk about it. So anyway, it's this back door and it can shut off your miner. I'm not a miner, but if I were and I were running uh, ant miners, I would be concerned. It's not hugely, it's not a huge deal. It's another of the thousand cuts that's going to kill this beast. And big miners, I would be worried about. Because, like, let's say I want to support Segwit, right? But now, all of a sudden, I'm, like, worried that there's some backdoor that I don't know about in my ant miners. And my whole freaking uh, data center can get bricked. So I'm pretty worried about that. But exposing this, it also gives these miners a reason to rebel. So you you can, I mean, Ant Pool has their hash power, but then there's all these other pools that are basically following or somehow connected with uh, Bitmain, and they might not they might not have had the um, like excuse or the justification to go against their supplier bitmain but now they kind of do all of these things are adding up asic boost um ant bleed all sorts of things so uh, and the way that people the way that they're talking right there's chat logs out there of them uh saying that this is they don't care about bitcoin limited they just want to stall so anyway i think this is a positive positive development there's not much to be said on this other than um if you are a miner and you're running uh, ant miner stuff then I would update this part of the code to be safe. Don't buy from Bitmain in the future. There's going to be competitors out there. There's, you know, there's other places you can get miners. They are the best at this point, but, you know, they're not going to, Bitmain is not going to try to allow Bitcoin to get to $5,000, $10,000 coin. So you got to find out a way to, even if you buy 75% ant miners and 25% from some other supplier, that little 25% is going to cut into their profitability. And that's going to be um, a net positive. So think about that next time you're trying to uh, get new equipment. Apple Cash. Um, there was a story out about how Apple is going to try to compete with Venmo now. And Venmo is a, it's owned by PayPal. Um, and it's a quote unquote peer to peer service where you supposedly can send cash directly to somebody else. Of course, it's, it's just lipstick on the old system. There, there is no, I mean, there might be some efficiency in like speed and uh, workarounds, like they've they've taken out a few middlemen or something, but it's still this traditional banking system with traditional dollars that can be frozen, that can be stolen. Uh, PayPal is notorious for freezing things and uh, basically stealing your money. So don't use PayPal and Venmo is the same thing. So now this Apple pay or apple cash they're kind of calling it because apple pay would be used at like a retailer um, with a register and apple cash would be more for those peer-to-peer -peer sending all of these things venmo and apple cash they remind they they show me that bitcoin is on the back of in the back of everybody's head 
Bitcoin is the real new money. And remember, PayPal came out with this funny video. Well, it wasn't funny. It was an ad. And I thought it was funny because it said new money. And it was shown like PayPal being this new money. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> PayPal is not new money. Bitcoin is the new money. They're trying to grab this market share before Bitcoin gets mass adopted. These guys are already mass adopted. PayPal, credit cards are already mass adopted. And Apple is already mass adopted. So they're trying to uh, create and capture market share in Bitcoin space. Bitcoin is creating a whole new space, a whole new industry. These guys are trying to go out ahead of Bitcoin, create the market, and capture it. That's my opinion of what's going on here. So uh, I think this is a positive development. It's getting people ready for and used to the term peer-to-peer. -peer. It's getting some discussions going. It's getting some minds clicking. And especially the young, the young kids. You know, if you're 16, 17, 18, you've grown up in a Bitcoin world now. And it, which is going to be more... Um, appealing to you a bitcoin wallet or a paypal wallet well right now i guess you can use your paypal more places but you know bitcoin is going to continue to grow and the kids that are 14 now are going to be even more in a bitcoin world and slowly but surely the the legacy system is going to lose the youth so watch for them to be try to be more youthful and things. But, you know, Bitcoin is rebellious. Bitcoin is disruptive. And that is very attractive to the youth anyway. Um, so they will just gobble this up. Okay, let's talk. Oh, another thing. SEC reopens the coin ETF discussions. So um, two weeks after the disapproval, which remember, I was in the approved camp. I was almost 100% sure that it was going to get approved. I, I was like 90% because I thought it was, they saw it as a way to control Bitcoin, get all the volume, all the money over into this coin ETF, a huge pot of Bitcoin that they can control through their regulations. And so that's what I thought. I thought that they would do that. Um, but they don't understand Bitcoin. They still do not understand Bitcoin. And I, I don't think the PBOC understands Bitcoin either, even though people say that the Chinese understand it. I don't think they do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's coming up on May 15th is the deadline to um, re-examine. Um, they've reopened this. Uh, Bass Exchange filed a petition to re-examine the coin ETF decision. And the SEC could have declined it very easily, saying, look, guys, we've looked at this for a year we're not going to change our minds, but no, what they do, they approved this and they're going to relook at it. Um, some analysts I've seen out there saying that it's a better chance that it gets approved this time because of the fact that they have reopened it when they didn't have to. Um, we'll see. It could be leading to some of this rally. I don't think all of this rally, but some of it possibly. And I think it's, it's good over, over the last what uh six six months to a year there's been a lot of fud in this big rally that we're having um there's been a lot of fun fud we've overcome the pboc stuff 
you know, crashing the fake volume in China, the ETF disapproval, the scaling FUD. It's just more and more and more negative news about Bitcoin and Bitcoin price still keeps going up. So the price is artificially suppressed. My estimate of fair market value is about 3000 You know, that would be getting over overbought, I think. Getting there, of course, is going to be a bumpy road, but I think three thousand is is fair market value at this point. And so, with this coin ETF being relooked at, um, it might be overcoming some of this this fud out there, some of the fake artificial stuff. Um, so that's that's an interesting point, I think. upcoming pivot to Bitcoin. I just want to talk about uh, this. A lot of people are kind of worried about this. Um, Bitcoin is obviously from purse and they have this uh, extension block idea. It's a soft fork tech. I guess technically you can call it a soft fork, but it's kind of a hard fork. You have to upgrade your node or you won't be able to see any of the extension block stuff. Um, so you have to upgrade your node. So it's kind of a mix between a hard fork and a soft fork. Um, there's going to be a flip, a flippening, a, the, a flip flop here of Bitmain and the Woover connection. They are going to have to switch from Bitcoin Limited because at this point it's silly. Nobody respects Bitcoin Limited. There's too many bugs, too many flash crashes of the nodes it's not a viable option and this is you know we don't even know half the bugs yet and these guys refuse to upgrade update so like greg maxwell went onto their github and um, opened an issue i guess um, reporting some bug and he was attacked on their github just like he would be attacked on rbtc there was no professionalism zero people do not People do not see Bitcoin Limited as a viable option anymore. Um, so Bitcoin Limited is dead and Bitmain and Ver know this. So there's going to have to be a flip-flop coming soon um, to Bitcoin and extension blocks. I don't think extension blocks are using any signaling like a BIP9 uh, soft fork signal. They're just doing... Uh, in the Coinbase transaction, if you signal for extension blocks there, I'm not quite sure on that, but they're going to be starting to talk about this. The Bitcoin is going to be the new thing for the rest of the year. Also, maybe end chain. Which, so just be watching out for that. It, it's getting tiresome. All of these attacks over and over and over is getting tiresome. But through it all, core staying principled through it all. The, the big Bitcoin is fine. Bitcoin is fine. Core is doing great. They're still going and going and going on the code. So don't bite off on this FUD. Watch for it. Call it out. Okay, let's talk about Enchain. So Enchain came out 
yesterday, I guess, or a couple days ago, and it's by this Craig S. Wright. He's the fake Satoshi that came out. He filed a bunch of patents and shit, and now he started this end chain, and he's raised supposedly $100 million for this new reference client, quote-unquote reference client. They want to be the reference client to replace Core. It's another exact same thing as xt classic and unlimited and even bitcoin um, all of these are the exact same thing they're attacking bitcoin the bitcoin network um, i thought it was very interesting that it was launched like an ico right there's a bunch of media out there uh, let's do a press release let's get this going um and their website their ssl certificate was expired or something and i, I thought that was hilarious on the first day uh, but it just spoke to how crappy this is this is a silly idea it's silly people i mean they think they're serious but they're just silly individuals um, okay so that's end chain i'm not too worried about it um, again it's it's getting tiresome and segwit will continue Now we have BIP149 that's come out. It's a new um, way to activate SegWit. Uh, in the past, with the regular SegWit activation or the user activate software, it depended on a BIP9 process, which is why we had a 95% uh, threshold for minor signaling before it would be activated. With this BIP149, it uses a BIP8 process, which is uh, simply a flag day. Okay. The activation period is runs from November of this year after the original time uh, for SegWit to activate is over. The, then this this uh, new process starts, and that will last until f uh, July 4th of next year. I don't think those dates obviously are set in stone or anything yet. The, the starting date, I think, is, but the ending date is not. And uh, this is a much cleaner, much neater way to do it. Uh, the user activate soft fork was kind of a hybrid it used a flag day to enforce a new rule that would force miners to signal uh, so it's kind of a half step this is the whole step all the way to getting rid of the miner signaling um, the control of miners out of this process and putting it back in the hands of the developers and the users too I'll discuss this a little bit more in my Patreon episode, but uh, I'm fairly bullish. I think this is a good thing. Um, and where people get confused, because I've noticed a few things out there recently where people will be like, um, you know, I don't, Segwit's not going to get activated. Uh, Bitcoin Limit is not going to get activated. So what's next? What are we going to do? How are we going to get there? Like they want to know A, B, C, D, E. They want to know all the steps. The best thing is to look at the big picture and see Z down there is where we're going you don't need to know every little step of how we get there segwit is the technical solution here okay it is the superior implementation it is what is going to be adopted eventually you can't have as far as i know you cannot have a soft fork and a malleability fix without segwit i mean segwit that is the idea um, so when you hear like end chain and stuff, they're talking about a soft fork malleability fix. You gotta be like, well, that's freaking Segwit. Um, there is hard fork ways to fix that, but that's what we're trying to avoid is, is a split of the network, a hard fork of the network here. So, um, 
yeah, just, I mean, I, my vision has been decent. It hasn't been super and it hasn't been horrible. Um, but I see that SegWit is the superior solution. I can see down the road that it will be adopted or uh, activated uh, eventually. And um, how we get there is going to be full of surprise and innovation. You can't predict innovation. You can't predict how the market is going to act or else you could profit from it. And you would do it yourself. You can't predict what's going, how the market is going to get there. But you can see down the road that this is how it's going to be. It's going to go along this general path. But you can't say every single step along that path. So don't waste your time trying to predict those steps. Look at the big picture. Look at where we're going. All right, that's BIP 149. What else? Those are the big things out there right now. Um, I, I expect kind of like an altcoin crash here a little bit. You know, Bitcoin has had these booms and busts. Altcoins have had booms and busts as well as a as an entire altcoin complex. Um, they have had booms and busts as well. And I think that this boom was extra large, helped out by some of these fudsters out there. And the crash is going to be extra large as well. Who knows about with this tether thing? You know, there could be some stuff where Poloniex is insolvent. I, I don't think they are, but, um, you know, there's a lot of weird shit happening with Tether. And that can affect a lot of these altcoins by affecting trading on Poloniex. That's a wrap for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. There's a link in the show notes for that. Um, for a dollar a month, you support the show and you support, uh, you get extra content. You also support independent media. You don't get all the blockchain clickbait here. I'm going to give you my straight talk, my straight opinion. So that's a dollar a month. You can also do other levels, you know, the $5 level, or there is a $50 level where you can get a shout out on the show or a backlink in every, um, every show notes. The website to find all the show notes for every episode is bitcoinandmarkets.com. I don't do a complete thing on SoundCloud or iTunes, wherever you're listening to this, because uh, they're pretty lengthy. So go to bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash the episode number. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Peace.